Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. It is Sunday morning in the Word where we study the Word of God systematically, and we will do that today by the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. So enjoy this time in God's presence. Enjoy this time in God's Word. Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made we rejoice and are glad. We do thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your ways. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We are on uh, Division 3 of Overcoming the World, and um, Division 2 of Overcoming the World, uh, Overcomers Away. We said in the word of God, that it is our objective to overcome. And the overcoming way affirms our pursuit of knowing God more intimately so that we can serve him more faithfully, to awaken values that establishes our convictions of the advantages we have as a result of establishing God's word as final authority. It answers systematically the value of having theology, and uh, which is God logic, when, when the need to overcome arises in the advancing in our lives. And the word uh, overcome is used 30 times in the Bible, eight times in the Old Testament, 20 times in the New Testament. It's used 11 times in, in Revelation. It's used five times in John. We said that overcome, overcoming must be a revelation of God, God's logic. It is. As we connect to God, he teaches us how to overcome sin, overcome the world, and to overcome by faith. And before we get engaged into the reality of faith, we've been talking about overcoming the world. We talked about how, first of all, the way we overcome the world is to have confidence that we've overcome sin, personal sin, uh, systemic sin, and also spiritual sin as well. Sin, sins are what separate us from God. Sin um Sin is subject to, to the choices that we made in life contrary to God's will. Sin sensationalizes the perverted reality. Sin seeks secular approval and affirmation. And sin succeeds by default. And as a result, we've seen that sin also became the, of the way Satan seized control over man. Um, by suggesting an alternative to the lifestyle that God has provided for man. Satan is the source of world corruption. He seeks to control. Second Corinthians 11, 14 says that he disguises himself as the angel of life. First Peter says that Satan seeks whom he may devour. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says Satan is the God of this world. And John, 1 John 5, 19 said he is overcome. Satan is defeated in Romans 6.20, and in Luke 18, Satan attempts to take away the word out of people's heart in Luke chapter 8, verse 12. 
That's something that we need to know because as a result, he's created a world system through sin. And, it, and that's what we call the world. We said that the world was not the earth. It was not the earth. In the Bible, when we use the connotation of the world, we are not talking about the earth. We are talking about the system that suggests an alternative to God's sovereign will. So because Satan seeks whom he may devour, sets up a system power of the air, because he starves the spirit man from achieving connection to the supernatural and separates us from God's love, he attempts to stop the agenda of God, even though he knows he can't. And we have to know who we are so that when, when the enemy comes to rob and steal and kill and destroy us, we will know we have power over the devil, glory to God, and power to arise to the occasion. So we talked about uh, the, uh, in, in Division One of Division Two, Section One of Division Two, how we have to take steps. We have to shift, right? We have to have sequence shifts or sh sequence steps through established power shifts. And we talked about how we have to engage into the establishing and affirming our full potential in our salvation. We talked about how salvation causes us to experience the supernatural, have an enlightenment of mind, encourage esteem and development, evidence that the word of God works and encounters with the power beyond the flesh. And we, we talked about how in that, we not only establish our relationship with God, but we also establish our righteous resolve and our reliance upon the Holy Spirit, which enables us to live this life and sustain us in these times. These are the steps that we take. We affirm our salvation. We find out what the world seeks to do. It suggests an alternative to the life of God, sensationalized logic and learning without being subject to the Lordship of Christ. It sinks us to the course of disobedience and defilement. It satisfies us with temporary, temporary pleasures, passions, and pursuits, distorting long-term success. It silences the authority of a speaking spirit. And so if it can control your walk, your work, your witness, those things will lock you into the system of the world, even though God has established you by his spirit to be, to be liberated to freedom, and to be liberated into a life of love that is a higher level, a higher level of achieving God's best. So you got to have a conviction. Uh, uh, you have to have a conviction of this change. And the way you have convictions of this change is by uh, shifting your focus to sanctification. And sanctification is an overt display of obedience to God. Remember, the only antidote of overcoming sin is obedience. Obedience is what empowers God's response. It's compliance with authorized orders adaptable to, um, to our behavior that yields our personalities to explicit instructions to the order and the authority of God. When we obey, we're not obeying um, uh, from, uh, we are not obeying from just saying, I'm going to do it. Because obedience is void of options or the voice of your opinion. Obedience is a resolve to do what you know uh, you've been ordered to do because God told you. 
Obedience requires an understanding versus assumption. Opinionated assumptions, openness of, of unauthorized uh, things and operating in poor communication has no place when you operate in obedience. Why? Because you obey the doctrines of Christ, you obey from the heart, and ultimately you obey because God told you to obey because you want to be ultimately righteous before God. And righteousness commands us to find out what God thinks is wrong and what he thinks is right. Righteousness challenges the flesh to deny unfounded authority not to act without God's approval. And righteousness changes the, uh, the way we choose to obey from the heart because we want to obey from the heart. All right. Now, when, when we overcome the world, we, we, we lock into this sanctification. We sanctify the Lord God in our hearts, always ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And the hope that lies within us is the righteousness which we have been made, uh, and we'll get there in a second. But listen to this. Sanctification, is when it's realized in the believer, it's because we are converted by the Holy Spirit. We have a conduct that's established in righteousness, and we have a character that is built through faith, experiencing of the supernatural exercising our righteous reality and existing in the nature of God. So this teaching of overcoming is not void of you understanding the nature of God. Because the more, see, the Bible says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, where? In the knowledge of him. And we got to go after that knowledge. Those who seek me, they find me. Glory to God. So so this 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 has to uh, uh has to promote uh, compassion for the world, uh, compassion from God to the world, and have to cast light on living su supernaturally in our private lives, and that's what shifts us. But not only does it shift us um, uh, emotionally and uh, positionally, but it also shifts us and sparks the shift for scriptural com competency, thinking with the Holy Spirit, securing realized gifting sticking to God's standards irregardless and sanctifying him in our hearts. When we do this, then we awaken to this systematic warfare or systematic warfare or systemic warfare and it's supernatural solvent. You need to understand, when you choose to live right, when you choose to sanctify the Lord God in your heart, when you choose to have standards beyond the norm, you're going to have opposition because everybody's not living that way. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will also hate you. So you have to develop a lifestyle that is above offense, that is above hatred, that is above and maintain your integrity in the righteousness through your sanctification. Through you separating and sanctifying God in your heart, you have to say, for God I live and for God I die. Now, Systemic warfare are systems created to lure and entice believers away from spiritual reality. Because a lot of times people talk about, I'm in spiritual warfare, and they just really are having a disagreement with somebody. You're not in spiritual warfare. You have a communication problem. I'm in spiritual warfare. I have bad dreams. You're not in spiritual warfare. A bad dream is uncontrolled emotion, and you got to develop stability and soundness in your soul. For God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. If the devil is attacking you in your sleep, take authority in your rightful place 
and command that you give sweet sleep because God is not giving you the spirit of fear for the power of loving and sound mind. You have to know who you are, why God called you, and, and operate on that. Amen? So this, it, it seeks, uh, warfare is a, our systems created to, uh, systemic warfare are systems created to lure and entice believers, believers away. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. We started out in Galatians chapter 1, and of course we, 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 we set up the preference that saying it was God that initiated the idea and the agenda of us overcoming the world, coming out from among them being accepted and touching not the unclean thing, but it was God's will to deliver us from this present world because he did not, although we are in the world, we are not of the world. And as a result of indulging and growing in the nature of God, we are experiencing uh, uh, deliverance as a result of him saving us. The root of salvation is deliverance. What did he deliver us from? Sin, the second death, and satanic oppression. What did he deliver us from? Sin, satanic uh, uh, oppression, and the second death, which is spiritual death. All right? But that's what's secured in our salvation. Okay? So because, because of this, this need for deliverance, we need to understand why deliverance is necessary for the will of God to overcome the world. And that's how we begin this Swiss, this Swiss study. And I talked about how a Swiss knife, if you ever seen a Swiss knife, it has multi-edges uh, in there to use for different things. It can be used as a weapon. It can be used to clean your toenails. It can be used to just sharpen your toenails. There's very many different devices, and I like that for the concept of SWIFT because systemic warfare and its spiritual solvent have many devices. It's like a SWIFT knife. You got to know how to use it, how to properly engage it. And so the first thing we said is a family, establish an understanding of us, who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What do we have? We have all things that are pertaining to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. And not only that, we have the mind of Christ. Right? What can we do? We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Um, we, uh, we, we, have, we have been enriched with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. So you need to always know who you are, what you have, and what you can do. And not only that, then you have to engage the shift. Amen? And that's what we talked about with the scriptural competency, singing with the Holy Spirit, securing realized gifts, and sticking to the standards, and sanctifying the Lord God in your heart. Then I talked about, and I left off on, embracing the school of power. And I said in 1 Corinthians chapter 420, the word of, of the kingdom of God, or the way God operates, is not in word, but it's in power. I also said in Matthew 22, 29, that people err because they don't understand the power of God nor the scriptures. And so we got to engage and find out and discover the power of God. Luke 9, 1, Luke 10, 19, Ephesians 3.20 says Christ gives his disciples or anybody who's disciplined and, and, and crave after the word of God, he gives them power. He not only gives them power, but he gives them power to overcome all the power of the enemy. Why? Because this is systemic warfare. This is the Swiss movement. So we need to know this. Um, 
because the enemy loves to take advantage of us. Now let's go to our power over warfare, Ephesians 1.19. Don't ever let the devil play crazy with your mind. You have more power than you realize. You got to know who you are, what you have, and what you can do. And in overcoming the world, you have to, if you want to overcome the world, you have to have confidence in what God had, the finished, the final authority, faith in the finished work. And we'll talk about that when we overcome by faith because we want to unplug faith for a season and really, really, uh, engage into another area of overcoming because when we learn to overcome by faith, we'll see God's power perform in such a way in our lives that nothing will shake us. The, the, the stability of our times will be affirmed in our sustaining spirit because we have the spirit of faith. I believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. And there's a reason why we have that because because we've overcome the world and we've overcome sin. And those two schools, overcoming the world and overcoming sin, are the key proponents to us, us advancing in the time, especially today when right is being called wrong and wrong is being called right. In a day that we live in today, we have to affirm ourselves in knowing um, what power we have and how to execute that power in such times like these. Amen. And so um, um, one of the teachings that we did, um, a, a mini-series, was to develop the Acts Revelation, awakening the church to the times and seasons. Why is that? Because we have been enabled by God to righteously declare the verdicts and the judgments of God and execute his justice because we are the people of God. We are the people of God. And we are more than just a sinner. A saint is not a sinner who fell down and got up. It's more than that. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, and you really got to go back to verse 18 to really get an understanding on this. But it says, listen, Paul ceased not, verse, let's go to 16. Um, Paul ceased not to give thanks for making mention of you in his prayer. Okay, so this is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. That the God of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Why? You need to know how to appropriate, uh, appropriate the knowledge you have in Christ. And revelation in the knowledge of who? Of him, the knowledge of Christ. Not your knowledge, not just revelation knowledge, revelation knowledge of him, Right? The, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, being enlightened, that you might what? Know the hope of whose calling? His calling. And the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Why? Because we have an inward awareness. Why? And it goes on and amplifies it in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of what? His power to us, toward, uh, uh, toward us, whom believes according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in who? In Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So this right here lets us know, in the Godhead, Christ is not Jesus' last name, but the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and this power is working within us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What and is exceeding in greatness of his power for us who believe. Why? Because we've engaged into the school of power. We've engaged into the school of power. We've embraced the school of power. Why? Because we need power over the devil. That's what verse 20 said. When he rocked Christ from the dead, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, father of all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is made, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So this is a revelation of who we are, what we have, and what we can do. And we need to know that we have power. We need to know that we have power. And, of course, go over to, uh, jump over a few chapters to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And Ephesians chapter 6, of course, is the great armor. And you can go, uh, we can read 12 to 18, um, but we start at verse 10. Finally, brother, and be strong in the Lord and power of his might. So, and, and see, what I wanted to understand, what you, what I want you to understand, is that we have been called into power, and if you don't enter and embrace the school of power, when it comes to spiritual warfare, you get your butt kicked. Remember the sons of Sheba? They went and tried to they assume power. You know, I would say something because we on the Bible study, I won't go there. But you don't ever start anything with an assumption, ever, ever, nothing with an assumption. Amen. You always go based on a source of authority. Always, you always move on a source of authority. You never assume, you never use emotion to, to establish yourself in anything. You always move based on the power you have. And a lot of people, they, get, they claim they're in spiritual warfare and they're really in divination which is deviating from the, the nation and the, and the nature of God. And they call it spiritual warfare, and it's not. You're just curious, and curiosity kills the cat, you know, because we got a lot of people talking about their spiritual warfare. No, you're not. You're not a praying person. You don't know what principalities' powers are because you haven't embraced this school. You haven't found out what God has authorized and anointed you to achieve. You can't just go around just doing any old kind of thing in the name, and, and expecting God to back you when he didn't empower you to achieve that. Now, to ask yourself in life, are you empowered by God to do what, you've been, what you're doing? Because systemic warfare, and that's why I like, I like that over spiritual warfare, because what you're really fighting is a system. And generally, there are systems of a belief to distort things that should be concrete in your life. Amen. So uh, in Ephesians, it says, listen, verse 12, when we wrestle not against flesh and blood, uh, and this is a revelation, no matter what, what is going on in the personalities of people, there's a spirit, an influence, establishing the basis. And when we say influence, it is not God, it's the devil. And this makes it quite simple. Because ultimately Satan is responsible for all suggestions contrary or, or, or creating the alternative life 
um, that God did not intend to be created. And so what he continues to do to believers is not get them to just go and worship him, but to give them a form of godliness. All right? That's why God says you put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the strategies or the systems of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual, but against principalities, number one, powers, number two, rulers of the darkness, number three, spiritual wickedness, number four, in high places, right? And, and then it tells us what to do to take care of those four things. Take on the whole armor of God or the nature of God or the way God conducts himself that she might be able to withstand the in the evil day. Why? Because the world is against God. And having done all what? Stand. Stand, therefore, having your what? Lord's girded with truth, the blessed weight of righteousness, your feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all the shield, taking on the shield of faith, wherein ye may be the quench, all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto all with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, for believers, and for me that utterance may be given, that I might open by, by open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And he closed the chapter. Now listen to this. If, you know, generally when, when, when you use people, you will take um, time when they're preaching to deal with um, the uh, Roman um, or the, yeah, the Roman uh, soldiers' uh, depiction of what their armor is. And, of course, the armor is, a, is used as a defense to protect you from the weapons that are thrown at you. Okay? This is systemic warfare. However, you can get so caught up in the, in the cosmetics of it that you miss out on the message and the need. So whether it's a sword, a shield, a helmet, uh, a, uh, uh, some shoes, some socks, some, uh, some undergarments, Ultimately, those illustrations and those um, yeah, those uh, alliterations and illustrations are just are just scenery. But the key is to make certain that you are embedded in the in, in what the actual defense is. So it doesn't matter that it's a helmet. It doesn't matter that it's a sword. It doesn't matter that it's a. a uh, what matters is that you need to have in the nature of God or the armor of God which you should put on. You need to have truth, righteousness, God, the, the gospel of peace. You need to have the shield of faith. You need to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. You need to pray, and you need to have supplication in the spirit, which means to pour on your strength. Glory to God. Why? Right. So when you have those six elements, when you have those things in your life, when you have righteousness, when you have the gospel, when you have faith, when you have peace in your life, when you pray in the spirit, when you have the word of God, when you have salvation, when you have supplication in the spirit, 
and, and preservance for the saints. Let me tell you. You'll be able to you'll be able to identify what's God the devil. You got to learn to love what he loves, hate what he hates, live like he lives, and do what he did. Are, are you hearing me? Now, go to me go with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. These scriptures are important, you know, for us to establish confidence in the Swiss systemic warfare and his spiritual solving. Remember the natural man cannot obtain the things of God because they're spiritually deserved. All right, now let's go to chapter 1 and let's look at verse 12 in Colossians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or of, um, when it says meet, M-E-E-T, it means uh, um, we are prepared in a way or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of, of his son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, in earth, visible and invisible, whether by they be thrones, dominions, principalities, Powers, all things were created by him, and and before him all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things might have preeminence or preference. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through his blood and his cross, by whom he reconciled all things unto himself. But whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, ye who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in faith and set and and set grounded and settled. And be not moved from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, which was preached to every creature, um, which was under heaven. That's why he was made a minister, Paul speaking. Whom I now rejoice in the suffering for you and fill up with with much um um that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, or the order of God or the moments in time which God anoints, right? Given for you to fulfill the word of God. And of course, even the mystery which have been hid from all ages, from generations now is made manifest to its saints, to which whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory and the mystery among the Gentiles, which Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So the hope that we have in us is Christ. It's not Jesus' last name, but it is the Holy Spirit which empowers us and enables us to live the Christian life, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present you perfect in Christ, whereto should we labor and strive according to the working which worketh in me mightily. So the same power that causes me to preach, the same power that causes me to teach, the same power that causes me to call Folk out of darkness into the marvelous light 
is working in me and is working in you to mature you in the things of Christ because Christ in you is the hope of glory. He's empowered you with his power. He's empowered you with his spirit. He's enabled you to overcome. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness and the knowledge of him. Why? Because he's given you power over spiritual warfare. Not to be a victim of circumstances, but to be a victor by faith. Glory to God. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, in Colossians chapter 2, it says, verse 10, which is the next chapter, glory to God, it says, listen, in Christ, it says, listen, no, let's go back up to uh, verse 8. Because we're talking about the power over spiritual warfare. We've engaged the school of power. And I got to quickly go through the next one in a few minutes. But it says this. Be wary, sending man, for you through vain philosophy, through philosophy and vain deceit, and after the traditions of men, and after the rudiments or the systems of the world, and not after Christ. Christ is your hope of glory. God's weight and God's ability and God's radiance demonstrated in your life is the hope that you have through the power of Christ. But that can be distorted if people spoil you through philosophies or introducing you to natures that don't exist in the presence and the power of God or systems, vain deceits, deceitful, the traditions of men, the systems of the world, which are not after Christ. That's what he's talking about. For in him, in Christ, Love the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what you get in contact with God. The proper name for the Godhead is Godhead. It's not Trinity. It's not apostolic. The Godhead is the Godhead. The proper name for the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit connected is the Godhead. And ye are complete in him. And he is the head of uh, which which is the head of the all principality and what and power? Do you hear what I'm saying? So God has given us this, and when we also are circumstances with the circumcision not made or uh, made without hands, and putting off the body of sins in the flesh and the um, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. That's the circumcision of Christ, wherein ye were also risen with him through faith in the operation of God, who ra- who has raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and earth uncertain and in the uncircumcision of your flesh have quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, which are systems, will seek control. He made of a show of them opening, triumphing over them. Wow, this is the overcoming way. Let no man therefore judge you in me, or in drink, or respect of a holiday, or in a new moon day, or present Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you in reward of voluntary humility of worshiping of angels, introducing into those things which we have not seen, mainly puffed up by flesh by his fleshly mind, and not holding to the to the head, from which all the body, the joints, and the bands having nourishment ministered, knit together, increases in the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ, 
from the rudiments of the world, why are you living as if you're in the world? That's my question to you today. Why are you subject to their ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all, which are all to perish with the usage after the commandments and the doctrines of men, which things have indeed showed, uh, indeed a show of wisdom in real worship, in humility and neglecting of the body, not in honor and the satisfying of the flesh. So then it says, if ye be rich with Christ, seek those things above. Chapter 3, verse 1, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Which brings me to point number four. We have to enter into swift by strength. Number one, spiritual competency. Scriptural competency. Scriptural competency. We got to become smart. We got to become acquainted with prophetic text. We got to build our perception around strong interpretation of the word of God. We got to build our perspectives around strong interpretation of the word, word of God. You got to come strong with it. You got to come strong with knowing, not only knowing who you are, what you can do, and what you have, but you have to come strong with being established in who you are, engaging into the shift, and also embracing the school of power. And the only way you can do that is by developing strength of scriptural competency. You got to have a hunger and a, and a thirst for the word so much so that it develops strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do good, for he will strengthen your heart. Glory to God. But the way he strengthens your heart is in the word. If ye abide in me and my word abides in you, then you can ask what you will and it will be given to you. But not only do you have to build, uh, uh, become acquainted with prophetic texts and build perception of the word, but you got to book your revelation knowledge in a system. Why? Because a system's coming at you to attack you. It's a system. It's a system to attack not unbelievers, but believers. And so many times, you know, we try to say, uh, uh, unbelievers are in spiritual warfare. No, they're not. They're under the oppression of the devil. They're spiritually oppressed. They're demonically influenced. And if they call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. They shall be delivered. So they're not delivered. They're in bondage. But systemic warfare is for those who who are in are believers but are being suggested are alternative, a, a, a system created to lure and entice you away from the strength of the spirit, away from the ra uh, super reality that is found in Christ. Because Christ is our hope. He is our hope of glory. Glory to God. Your life is here with Christ in uh, And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, we shall appear with him where? Why? In glory. Why? Because he's the hope of glory. That's why you got to mortify, therefore, the members of your body upon their own fornication. Uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil subconscious, covetedness, which is idolatry, for which things, for the sake of, uh, um, uh, for which things sake the wrath of God coming from them, coming from the children of what? Disobedient. These are children that don't believe, but they're disobedient. Which we also walked in sometimes when we live in them. We can't live. But now we also put up all these things anger, wrath, 
malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put therefore, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, by the mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have any quarrel against, um, against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of maturity or perfection. All right? Let the peace of God rule in your heart by Christ Jesus. And the only reason to do that is because you have the word of God. Let the word of Christ, and of course he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart by Christ, um, uh, rule in your hearts to which ye are called in one body and be thankful, qualifies it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and all um, teaching. Um, uh, um, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and gracing your hearts to the Lord. Now, we're, not, we're strengthening our scriptural competency, and then the Lord told me that we need to strengthen our supernatural prayer life. We need to approach God's throne boldly. We need to adapt to the discipline of fasting. We need to awaken praying in the spirit. And ultimately, also, if we're going to awaken prayer, we need to also awaken the strength of a sound soul. We've got to create a strong thought life, consider the, the distractions that causes us to, to, be, to stress our strength. And then we also need to control, uh, cater to the mind of Christ. My fifth point today, um, and then we'll get into some more information next week, as we conclude this, this, this division, is that we got to esteem Jesus as Lord. Now, I want you to understand this. The enemy loves to distort the quality of, uh, distort the quality of leadership in your eyes. And if he can distort Jesus in your eyes, he can distort your confidence in, 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 uh, um, in you exercising your God-given life based on who you are, what you have, and what you can do. So the, the easiest way to sabotage a believer is to distort Jesus, who is our Lord, in our eyes. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And for years, people have decided and, 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 um, or uh, have attempted to distort Jesus. Now, how do they do this? They do it by things called ebonitism. E which makes him the natural son of Joseph and Mary. Christ, Christ is um, Christ at baptism at, until the cross. So they try to say he's just human. Or adoptivism, man, Jesus became became divine and control of divine quality versus being born as the savior of the world. Uh, Diocritism, Jesus was divine, being only a um, be, um, divine totally, being one who only appeared as a human. Or a sublimism. These are big words, but we, we didn't understand it. Which means God appeared as a son for a time, which is modelism, which takes away from the deity of God. Right? Or Arianism. Jesus is the 
um, is divine in a secondary sense. First, um, first, and the greatest um, and 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 greatest created being um, Nicaea. So this, these are little things of, of, of that people do to distort Jesus. So, and we can go on to Apollyonism and um, Nestrianism and. Uh, these words are so big. He knows Jesus emptied himself out of deity, ex- incarnation. Jesus had um, had one mingled human and divine nature. Jesus was two persons, unity of wills, not natures. And so, what happens is, if I don't understand Jesus, and I don't have confidence in my eyes that He is Lord and He is Savior, if I can distort my view of how He came here, how He came to save. Uh, 